Again, it is that time of the year we love to keep up with, but we also love to hate a little bit. I'm talking about the infamous awards season, and more specifically, the Academy Awards. Now, I know it is a sensitive topic for us Brazilians, and we do demand justice for Fernando Montenegro, but can we help but follow it, watch the movies in the lists, and cheer for our own faves? I am Isadora Pessoa, English teacher at Cultura Inglesa and former filmmaker wannabe, And I promise not to pull Gloria Pires here because I definitely have something to say about the Oscar nominee from this season. And um, I'm Vitor. I'm also teaching Couture Inglês at the Freguesia branch. Um, I don't know if I'm like a movie buff, but I'm definitely enthusiastic of the Oscar season for some reason. Most of my colleagues are not, but I am always like, oh my God, I really want to see what's going to happen in this year's show. So thank you for inviting me, guys. We're so happy to have you here, Vitor. Thank you. And this is the Cultura Inglesa podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Cultura Inglesa podcast. Let's dive into it, shall we? Whether you are a war movie fan and you're never an orphan at the awards or just a sucker for drama, this year's award has it all. From a musical to a huge blockbuster by James Cameron, from a touching or controversial Aronofsky movie to the raw aspect of women talking, there is a lot to cover. Come join us as we try to make sense of our very own Oscar thermometer. So, Vitor, first, I'd like to go with the elephant in the room. And this is not yet about the whale, but it can be. Uh, with so much diversity, what are your top picks for best picture this year? Well, um, I don't want to be like everybody else, but I just gotta say that I'm really, really like uh, cheering quite strong for everything, everywhere, all at once. That's the film I want to win. I, it's not that I don't like the others, but none of them gave me like. Uh, half as much the excitement of that film that it did. So I just really hope it wins. Although, um, based on the few reviews I've read online and some critics, I know that there's a lot of, of people like they want Tar to win, which I also watch it. But come on, everything everywhere is simply everything everywhere, you know? So that's, that's the one I'm really cheering for. Well, so am I. I have to say there's something about it. I think the quality of you having to deal with so many different aesthetics all at once. So when you begin part one, this is a Jackie Chan movie. We're drawback to the 90s and we have to <laughs> exactly. deal with these kind of aesthetics. And then in the second part, you begin to try to unveil what is going on here and you deal with another kind of aesthetics. And then in the third part, it's completely nonsense. <laughs> and you were. But and at the same time, know, it is very emotional for everyone. It's fun because it's funny because all the films, they have this intimate thread pulling them together. They are about intimate stories in different ways. This one is the one that has this global multiversal scale. 
but a lot of them they are trying to to uh, tackle certain issues of family relationships, relationships in general, right? Even Tar or um, the Irish one, the, the, it's said in, I- in Ireland, uh, Ben Shees of Inisherin, they also talking about this small relationships that go into something else. But I think that, at least for me, that the movie, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, that really struck a chord with me. So I, I, I really wanted to win. I'm even wearing here today my Parasite shirt because I remember that when Parasite won the Oscars, I was so excited, I was so thrilled by their win that day that, okay, I want that feeling again. <laughs> so so it's fun that you mentioned the Banshees because I think it won the Golden Globes and it won another significant award. So I think this is the major contender against everything everywhere all at once. Uh, and how can you differentiate these two movies? Can you, like... Of course you chose Everything Everywhere at all at once as your favorite, <laughs> but... <laughs> Do you think there is a possibility that Banshees get this one? Well, I do believe that there is a possibility for all of them, at least not all of them. Okay, that's the yeah. Uh, I all think I think it's not really too hard because I don't see Avatar winning <laughs> but, Best Picture. <laughs> so you know, but uh, I think that as they deal with um, certain topics that well, they share their similarities. I think that the the voters for the Academy they're going to be split among them all. So I think that there is a film that they want to win and there is a film that there is going to win. It's different. They have to please other people as well. These uh, ceremonies, they always do that. Uh, But for example, other than Everything Everywhere, uh, I absolutely loved The Triangle of Sadness. I laughed throughout the whole film. It is a, a, a great satire or something like that. And I know it has no chance of winning. At least so far, nothing really indicates that it's going to win anything at the Oscars. Although it did win some uh, prizes, some awards before. But, you know, everything's a surprise here. I was uh, listening to another podcast the other day and they were discussing that even uh, maybe there is a, a, a great surprise in the end and Top Gun takes home Best Picture Award because it is a very fun experience. It is. I think it is unlikely to happen. Uh, for me, the ones that I can rule out from this list would be Top Gun and Avatar. But as you say, <laughs> it, it is never what we think it is. And sometimes we might exactly. get a surprise from it. The uh, Oscar I, does I think have some it, unpleasant surprises sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think if I had to, to go with someone else, I would go with The Fablemans. Uh, Spielberg, I think Spielberg is really trying to make a different mark from what we knew before. So we knew Spielberg probably would go back to Jurassic Park and we go back to, to big special effects. But now he's trying to go back into his roots and trying to go back to Masters of the Cinema. So he's doing all the script very thoroughly. And I think he might get recognized for that this time. But... Never Trying know, right? to be fair, when I watched the the Fablemans, at first I was not like in the mood for the film because it was it's not my type of story. But then I gave it a chance, and I enjoyed much more than I thought I would. I do think that this Spielberg is taking home the the, the directing uh, award. 
but not best picture. And there is this possibility. Yes. that this episode is going to be up during International Women's Day. So there is something that I would like for us to address, which is the lack of woman king in this Oscar. Mm. What do you think about it, Peter? No, um, I, I think I watched Women King when it was uh, at the movies. Uh, I, I really liked the film and, and I thought that uh, Viola Davis was great as usual on her roles, and but I think that the unfortunately the Academy has this way of going to like I need some films that are like my blockbusters to be on on this list, you know, and they chose the the highest grossing films of the year. They were Top Gun and Avatar. So the other great movies that would fit into the blockbuster category, but didn't make it like as much as these two they were left out which is a shame but you know uh, uh, i appreciate that the film that he got certain um, recognition and although it's not nominated at the oscars uh people i don't think it's a problem for the film and it's really not a problem for viola davis recently turned egot after winning at the grammys so that was also a wonderful night And well, but you know, I'm okay with it not being nominated, but I'm not okay with the lack of women at the Oscars. If you think of the, the directing category, there are no women directors this year. Yeah, I, I think the only woman to ever win it was the one from Zero Dark Hour, right? Oh no, the Heartlock. Ah, I think that it was the last Heartlock. year or the year before the uh, Jane. Campion, I think that's her name for the, the the power of the dog. I think she also won uh, the directing award. But other than that, I think just two, and that's it. And there 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 is a. I thought it was another category that they were also discussing the lack of, of representation. But now I forgot. I got lost in my conversations online. <laughs> That is it. We're getting to too many yes. Twitter threads and then <laughs> we can't remember which one is which. I just lose the thread every time I'm in a Twitter conversation. They are talking about things and I want to participate in all of them and I can't. I try to avoid them at a certain <laughs> point because otherwise I am going to get too unraveled. Yeah. But. Anyway, we were mentioning actresses, and here I have a list with the, the five actresses that are attending. And we have Kate Blanchett from Tar, Anna Diarmas from Blondes, Andrea Rizzibro from Two Leslie, Michelle Williams, The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh from Everything Everywhere All at Once. So, which is your pick here? Ooh. I definitely go with Michelle Yeoh. It's not a surprise. I think everybody that knows you me know. know that this is my top pick. <laughs> But Kate Blanchett is there, so... <laughs> this is so frustrating to have great performances and you want to cheer for them all, but you can't. Uh, I mean, 
I do want Michelle Yeoh to win for emotional reasons, you know, I want to cry when she wins it. Uh, more than Michelle Yeoh winning the leading actress, I want Jamie Lee Curtis to win supporting actress just to listen to her speech because it's always been very funny. She's always make perfect speeches when she wins. So it's like, please win just to listen to you. But you know, Kate Blanchett is magnetic in Tar. She's fantastic. She studied German and French and how to conduct an orchestra. It's simply fabulous the work she does there. Uh, I ha the only movie I haven't watched from the list was uh, To Leslie. The, and people are saying that Andrea is also fantastic, but I haven't watched that movie. It's difficult to find actually. And. But the others, um, yes, I think it's going to be between Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh. Although uh, I didn't like Blondie, but Anna de Armes is quite good in her performance. The film is was not my cup of tea, but the, the her performance is quite good. The film is quite controversial, mm -hmm, right? Exactly. Because, well... Most people say it preys on the figure that most people thought it was Marilyn, while she was quite clever, and then it turns into a kind of torture movie for some people, instead of being something that actually depicts the figure of, Mar of Marilyn, but yeah. Anna does do a good job, and, and it comes from a long time. Uh, there is a movie from her at Amazon, which is Dark Waters, it's not the best movie. Ben Affleck is in it. He's not a good actor. He's a good <laughs> scripter. So, but but her character is is excellent, and I think she she's been doing a great job so far. And then the same question, but about the actors, because I know that we have a polarity here in actor in leading role because Austin Butler has gotten some of the awards, but then Brendan Fraser got the last very important one, which was the SAG. Uh, but of course, we still have Colin Farrell from The Banshees, and we have Paul Mescal from After Sun, which is something that all of my friends loved. So, which is your pick here for top actor? You know, you know I, I have to, I'm gonna have to... Oh, a little Gloria Pitt is now because the only film that I haven't watched is Elvis. Uh, uh, I haven't. I'm sorry. I'm not really into biopics. Uh, I know the work of, of. Oh my God! What's the name of the director? So it's a Austin Butler. No, no, the, the director. He he did the the other biopics uh, like Rocket Man and Bohemian Rhapsody. I watched those two movies and. I'm not a fan of biopics, so I, I didn't like give Elvis a chance. I know I should, but I didn't. Everyone is saying that uh, Austin is amazing in his performance, and I think that that's actually the thing that sustains the movie, probably, because based on my past experiences, but I haven't watched it. A movie that made me cry, that made me like, oh my god, why are you doing that? I was like, soaked in my tears, was The Whale, and Brandon Fraser's performance is fantastic. Even covering all that makeup, he still uh, manages to give us the, the, the sensation of the feelings he's trying to convey there. It, it's really fantastic. Everyone in that film is really good. The I think her name is home child the the nurse in the film the her, his friend 
and she's also running for uh, Best Supporting Actress. She also does a fantastic job. There is a particular scene in that film when he meets his um, ex-wife, and they work so great together. It's brilliant. It's really touching. So I, I hope he wins that, and I think he deserves. I also enjoy his speeches when he wins. He's very moved. It's something great to watch. But I think all the others could win at this category. Uh, um, Bill Nye is great in living. Colin Farrell is great at the benches of ensuring. I'm just really going for the, the one that had the strongest emotional aspect on me. So that's it. <laughs> I feel very, very touched mm -hmm. by by Brandon Fraser because he does an excellent job at this mm -hmm. movie. But I actually kind of hate this movie. <laughs> it's also <laughs> so it is very it is confusing for me because I do want him to win and I think he does an excellent job. But my problem with Whale is that, in my opinion, it turns to be exactly what it's trying to criticize. I mean, it's trying to to shed some light on fat phobia mm -hmm. and the movie itself. It's a little bit torture and turns to get into the same it point. But watch. I think he does deserve the win and it's been an amazing jump in his career and he does an excellent job at depicting this character. But you know, I think that's although I do think that Masco is a favorite for for people that are <laughs> between twenty and thirties, <laughs> and the, there is a a strong pull on the internet. Please let Paul Masco win. I think he's gonna get into the Oscar radar a lot of times before he wins and not take this one. But he's on the shortlist. Uh, 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 Paul Masco was like he's like the big uh, revelation of the, because he's very young. And he also did a fantastic performance in After Sun. Uh, actually, uh, when I watch it After Sun, the, the, the thing that that calls everybody's attention is his performance because he is the one dealing with all the emotional charge of that film. We have he has to give a, a very subtle but still impactful performance so we can actually understand what's going on because it's a very uh, I don't want to say simple. It's not a simple film. It's quite hard to to do something like that. But the story itself, it, you just follow them, the, a father and his daughter during a, a summer vacation, and you just have to find these small, subtle messages in their relationship to understand what's going on. And he does that perfectly. Uh, um, I, I, I didn't watch the way uh, the movies, but I did with After Sun. And I think that's the experience everyone should have. Go to the movies, watch it in like in the big screen have your time there focusing on anything else other than the movie that's what you should do uh, and th that for me makes the experience better but i gotta be honest here uh i don't think uh, uh it's a film that i am soon re-watching you know i like it a lot but i'm gonna take some time before watching it again i think i've had my fair share of after some after the, the screening the thing with After Sun is that you have gotta let the, the the punch get down to mm -hmm. you, and you have to try to get the time to absorb it <laughs> in your system. So what I always tell people about it is, is schedule your therapy <laughs> for just after when you watch it, because if you got daddy issues, you're going to need it. Exactly. 
lots of these films you need therapy before you watch them so you, you, you are okay to go through them <laughs> I like the the, the 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 rawness of the of the sensation. So I would prefer to schedule it for after, so I have the full <laughs> sensation. And I know this is kind of auto destructive, but and then I can pull the pieces together back again. <laughs> but anyways, oh, this year we have something problematic, which is I think Pixar is not gonna take anything mm. home. So as for animated feature film. <laughs> This is one of the few times that neither Disney nor Pixar might get a run for their money. Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio might be a huge barrier for Turning Red, which would be the, the other great contender, to get the award. Which do you think will get it? Or will there be a third party, oh, you know, in your opinion? You've got to give it up for del Toro's work here, because Pinocchio is visually fantastic. The stop-motion technique is other word, and... He deserves the awards he gets on the season. Uh, when I say that, people look at me in a strange way, but I have to be like the the most honest I can right now because when I watch a Turning Red, I enjoy the film. I say, okay, it's a, it's a cute film. I like it, but I didn't feel anything else other than that. It was entertaining for like the one hour and a half that it was being screened, but other than that, it was like, okay, it's not the best Disney movie I've watched. And I, I I was watching with a friend, and she was consumed by anger when I said that. She was like, what? Are you crazy? That's my life! And I think that was my problem with the film. I, I believe it does talk to a, 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 a specific, it talks to all the audiences, but there isn't a specific audience to that film, which I don't think I related to when it finished. But okay, that that's just me. It's a great film, because I don't know, I really don't think it should win the Academy Award. I think this year it's the autors for the, the, the film is good, Pinocchio is good. Uh, and the, the technique is amazing. You get uh, struck by that. It's, oh my God, it's, it's jaw-breaking, you know? So uh, I think it should be his this year. I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> but I think I have... I, I don't. I, I, I hope I didn't offend you by saying that Red was okay for me because I can see your face. <laughs> no, you didn't. Uh, the thing with Del Toro is that he's a director, but he is so aware of photography and every single one of his works has such a masterful detail in photography and you know that there there is this very specific characteristic to it so you can distinguish very clear if you are a little bit familiar with different and characteristics in movies aesthetics then you can watch it and spot it right on you see oh this is del toro's mm -hmm. work and i think this is yet another one of his works so Definitely, I think Pinocchio is the only one possible to win. <laughs> but that's when I have to disagree with you about Turning <laughs> <Okay>. Red. <laughs> uh, the thing with Turning Red is I think it speaks to women. It does. Uh, and to women's experience as their children. Uh, so I think a lot of... I don't think children will deal with it the same way that grown-up no. women <laughs> do. And I think this is a movie for grown-up women that have to exactly. reveal their inner children. <laughs> My friend said the same thing because she saw herself 
in that moment because she was that age in the time that the film uh, is set. So she, oh my God, I love those things. I had those experiences. And I was like, good for you, I guess. Because <laughs> I didn't, you know, it, it, I couldn't have those experiences. So, so it, it did speak very well to the audience it targets, you know? So that, that's a, a, a major win for the film. But if I had to choose, I would still go for Pinocchio. <laughs> it's okay. Well, with your pick, I agree with you <laughs> at least. <laughs> I think Pinocchio is... You can contest it. It's undeniable that it's gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now it's time for How Do You Think, the part of our show in which we ask each other vocabulary questions related to the conversation we just had. So, Victor, while we were talking about Viola Davis, you mentioned something very nice, which is she's now an EGOT. Can you explain to our audience what is this? Oh, sure. Uh, an EGOT is a person in the entertainment business that has won all the major entertainment awards. An Emmy, a Grammy, the Oscars... And a Tony, uh, we know that Grammy and Oscars for music and films, the aim is for TV, for television productions, and the Tony is for theater, for the plays that she's been in or she's written. Uh, if you get all of them, the, these four awards, you become an EGOT. Before Viola Davis, we also had Jennifer Hudson, that she had recently turned into an EGOT. And John Legend was the, the most recent as well. Ah, that's true, that's true. So, um, and you, is it, while you're talking about, I think we're also talking about Viola Davis in that film that you, uh, Women King, you used the word depict. Could you explain what it means? Well, when we use depict, we mean that the person is portraying or the movie is portraying a person. So, for instance, if we talk about blonde portraying Marilyn Monroe, blonde is depicting Marilyn Monroe. So we see a, a representation or the movie representation for what actually happened there. And while we were on this topic, we, you also mentioned Elvis that you didn't watch because you're not a fan of biopics. <laughs> what is a biopic? Right, so a biopic is basically a, a motion picture, a film, about the life of someone. Usually somebody famous, because that's the one you recognize easily. It's a, like a kind of a biography of that person. It turned into a movie. And I just gotta say that, that I am a... I know it doesn't... Uh, it's not related to the Oscars, but I'm a huge Madonna fan. And she has recently gave up on directing her biopic. And I'm happy with that because Madonna experience at the cinema is terrible. So leave it for someone who knows how to work it. <laughs> so that's a biopic. <laughs> leave it to Michelle Visage, right? Her biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, while you were talking about um, the Pixar movie that unfortunately is not going to end, <laughs> You mentioned, uh, you said an expression, to give someone a run for their money. What does that mean? Well, when you give someone a run for their money, you're saying that 
someone is not getting their prize very easily. They're going to, to have to work hard. They're going to find a huge competition on the way. And I think this is what's gonna happen with big third movies, which is Turning Red and Pinocchio, but also what's gonna <laughs> happen in the, the best picture, which is gonna happen between maybe the Banshees and everything everywhere all at once. It's going to be a huge competition there. Well, and if you haven't heard these terms in our conversation, you may listen to this episode again and try to spot them all. This is our voice, where your voice matters just as much as ours. At Cultura Inglesa, we believe in creating a community where everyone's thoughts and opinions are valued, which is why we're thrilled to introduce speeches from the 8th edition of Your Voice, our public speaking contest, into our show. Last year's theme was, we expect too much from our heroes, and this week we will listen to Alicia de Sá and Isabella de Almeida. <laughs> My name is Alicia and I'm here today to talk with you about our heroes and to show my point of view about this question. Do we expect too much from our heroes? First of all, what is a hero? I believe a hero is someone that helps and saves other lives. For example, policemen, firefighters, doctors. To explain my point of view better, I'm going to give you another example. I was watching a movie with my little brother a month ago. Do you know Encanto, the movie from Disney? It is about a girl and her family that have powers, called miracles. The members of this family are considered heroes in the society in which they live, but not just because they have powers, but because they help other people when these people need. The grandma expects perfection from her family, and this expectation makes her grandchildren feel pressure and anxious. So yes, I do believe we expect too much from our heroes sometimes. Maybe because the word hero is connected with the idea of someone invincible, powerful, and perfect. But we need to remember that the real-life heroes are human beings, just like us. They have human emotions, human needs, human impulses, and human flaws. They suffer like us, get happy like us, they feel like us. So why do we expect perfection from someone else when we are not perfect? And why do we crucify someone that made a mistake when we are also susceptible to make it too? Isn't it our fault for expecting too much of them? Well, in conclusion, I believe we need to know how to separate the image of fictional heroes from our real-life heroes and keep reminding ourselves they are human beings too and they are as capable of making mistakes as we are. Thank you so, so much for listening to me. Hello, my name is Abel Dacal. I am 10 years old and we're going to talk about we expect too much from our heroes. So, the term hero comes from the ancient Greeks. For them, a hero was a mortal who had done something so far wonderful for a normal human, then left an immortal memory behind him when he died. We need heroes because they help us to define the limits of our aspirations. We largely define our ideals by the heroes we choose. Things like courage, honor, and justice largely define us. In the popular imagination, the hero is almost everything alone. 
taking no responsibility for himself. For the beginning of social relationships, people place their expectation on change on those who stand out of society, such as social leaders, politicians, and influential people. After a while, we realized that these people would not achieve 100% of what we expected, and we got frustrated. It is at this moment that we realize that we mustn't project change on others, and what we ourselves must initiate small actions that lead to a better society. A great example of this is the actress Angelina Jolie. Besides all her professional work in cinema, she promotes various causes, including conservation, education, and women's rights, besides all her work on behalf of refugees. What is How can Angelina Jolie inspire you? Well, she helps so many children and poor families around the world. And she donates, she donates money for charity in poor countries like Queenia and Cambodia. In the end, it is people like her that demonstrate that they change on us and not in the expectation of others. Thank you so much. <laughs> Wow, wasn't that great? Would you like to be a part of your voice? So stay tuned to Cultura Inglesa podcast and we will let you know when this year's edition submissions begin. Well, it's been a pleasure to discuss such a dear topic to me with you, Vitor. I hope you, our audience, enjoyed our talk and that you're inspired to watch some films from the awards list before next Sunday, you know, so you don't pull Gloria Pires yourself. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram and tag us at, at Couture Inglês Oficial with your opinions and your topics. Once again, thank you very much, Vitor, and see you guys next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for new chapters of the Cultura Inglesa podcast. <laughs>